It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Welcome back to The Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. We'll use the best of psychology to help you be happy, healthy, and most importantly, yourself. From 9-11 to the Boston Marathon bombings to ISIS, violence and terrorism, sadly, are part of growing up in our world today. How do we explain such a world to our kids? I certainly don't claim to have all the answers, but I can help you feel more confident fielding kids' questions. To that end, here are 13 tips to talk to kids about terrorism and other violence. So we'll work our way through the age groups from pacifiers and pull-ups to acne and angst. Whether your children are nursing or shaving, your primary goal is to help them feel safe. So tip number one, for preschool and young school-age children, prevention is best. As is developmentally appropriate, the line between fact and fantasy is fuzzy for young kids. So in order to prevent needless fears and nightmares, keep the TV turned off when they're present. Likewise, put off high-emotion conversations or inflammatory radio about recent events until they're out of earshot. You may think they're not even paying attention, but little kids are like sponges. They absorb everything. So get your news about ISIS at work or after the little ones have gone to bed. Tip number two, if you do walk in to find your preschooler staring at disturbing footage on TV, stay calm. Simply say, hey, let's give the TV a rest. Turn it off and then gently redirect. Tell me about this drawing you were working so hard on. Don't lunge for the remote, cover their eyes, or snap, you shouldn't be watching that. If you make it dramatic, it'll make more of an impression or make her feel anxious or guilty. Tip number three, if your young child reenacts a tragedy, help him play it out until everyone is safe. For example, if your young son builds a Lego city and then crushes it saying it was bombed, say, time to call in the fix-it crew. Join him in rebuilding it and then ask how it can be made safe. Perhaps he'll build a wall, make a couch cushion shield, or have a toy dinosaur guard it. Especially for younger children, accuracy matters less than feeling safe. Then. Drive home the sense of safety non-verbally by offering hugs and cuddles for no reason at all. Tip number four. With older kids, start the conversation by asking what they've heard. Especially for teens on social media, you can be sure they'll hear about recent terrorist events. So use a TV or online story as a prompt and then ask, what are people at school saying about ISIS? Or if your kids bring up the topic, clarify what they know by asking more. What have you heard about that? If they say nothing, you don't have to force them to talk. You're aiming for presence, not pressure. So as long as they know you're a safe, non-judgmental person to which to talk, conversation will come when they're ready. If they do tell you what they've heard, Noah said bad guys cut off a guy's head. Listen for three things, fears, misperceptions, and questions. And here's how to deal with each. Tip number five, when you hear fears, normalize their feelings. 
If they're scared, say, lots of kids and even adults feel scared. That was scary. Don't say, don't worry about it, or there's nothing to be scared of. Even if that's technically true, that's not how they feel. They'll feel dismissed and learn you're not someone who's safe to talk to. Tip number six, look for the helpers. Take the advice of the inimitable Mr. Rogers and in times of tragedy, look for the helpers. Soothe fears by reassuring kids that military, police, firefighters, or other community helpers they already know about are there to protect them no matter what. Likewise, if there's news coverage about someone acting as a hero or helping the survivors, tell them the story. Leave your child with faith in humanity. Tip number seven, highlight distance. Another way to soothe fears is to emphasize the distance between your home and terrorist events. TV brings it right into your living room, and many kids don't know whether Syria or Iraq is the next town over or another planet. So use a globe or a world map to show how far away the violence is from your city. Tip number eight, possibility versus probability. For older kids who can handle abstract semantics, you can discuss the difference between possibility and probability. Yes, violence and terrorism are possible in the world, but it's probably not going to happen, especially not in your town. Part of the reason such violent acts make the news in the first place is because they're so rare. Tip number nine, remind them that most people are good people. Soothe fears with reminders that even though terrorists use violence, most people don't approve of violence as a way to solve problems. Remind them that of all the people in the world, very few are terrorists, and that in fact, most people are caring and kind and find peaceful ways to solve their disagreements. Now, what to do when you hear misinformation? Tip number 10, gently correct misperceptions. If you find kids are conflating terrorists with a larger group, like all Muslims or all people of Middle Eastern descent, use it as a teachable moment. Take the conversation one step further to discuss prejudice or xenophobia. You could say, Terrorists are people who use violence and make people feel scared. Almost all people who are Muslim are peaceful. Tip number 11. Gently correct inappropriate humor. For kids who misperceive the gravity of the situation, like making light of the recent beheadings, first remember that developmentally, younger kids may not be able to truly grasp the concept of death, much less the violent death of innocent people. That said, reinforce that violence is not something to laugh about, and that it is always sad for someone to lose his life. And finally, what to do about questions. Tip number 12, listen for fears in their questions. Fears may take the form of questions, like, could that happen here? Rather than just saying no, instead, give them a more substantial, reasoned answer to make them feel secure. Say, thousands of people are working really hard to keep us safe. You could collaboratively think up a list. The president, peacekeepers, diplomats, people in the armed forces, special agents. And again, the younger the child, the less accuracy matters. If your kindergartner wants to add Ninja Turtles to the list, no problem. What's important is that kids leave the conversation with a sense of safety. Tip number 13, help them take action. Tweens and teens developing a moral view of the world may be particularly disturbed by the injustice. So take their question of how could anyone do that and turn it into action to better the world. Ask if they want to donate to a relief organization, collect school supplies for Iraqi children, or send a care package to the troops. Kids 17 and older can even give blood. Help them feel empowered by having them take action 
or take a stand. If the Savvy Psychologist is useful to you, please show your appreciation by signing up for a newsletter. Go to quickanddirtytips.com newsletters and sign up. Once we reach critical mass, I'll send you email newsletters with exclusive bonus tips right to your inbox. And did you hear the first ever Savvy Psychologist bonus episode? It came out a couple of days ago in response to some listeners who wrote in about last week's domestic violence episode. They asked about men as victims of domestic violence, so I dug up the stats. Listen ad-free or find the transcript at quickanddirtytips.com savvy hyphen psychologist. Thanks for hanging in there for three episodes in a row of tough topics. Next week, we'll give everyone a break with the decidedly lighter, but still scientifically sound, how to be happier when using Facebook. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and of course, the Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for psychiatric care or psychotherapy by a licensed professional. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. <laughs>